Swamiji, you grew up in the Anglican religion. How did you reconcile Yogananda's uh, teachings of reincarnation with Christianity? Well, my, I have to say that my upbringing in the Anglican religion was rather uh, superficial. I remember at the age of 17 saying to my mother, I would not come to church with her anymore. And I remember also that she wept because she thought I'd go to hell. And she came to me with a smile the next day and said she'd just read that even sometimes rejecting the church was the first step to having true faith. And I said, you've understood. I couldn't go insincerely. But uh, um, I remember a Christmas Eve one time, the church was absolutely full of search of St. James the Less in Scarsdale. And, um, there was a long line for the communion at midnight, and uh, I was getting very thirsty. <laughs> and the only hope I saw was in that wine at the altar. <laughs> and so when I knelt there and the priest came and put the cup to my lips, which they do in the Anglican Church, not in the Catholic, and he gave, put the cup to my lips, he found that he couldn't take it away. <laughs> I'd been pushing up on it. So then he pulled a little harder and there was this loud sucking sound. <laughs> My brother was kneeling next to me and giggled. But uh, I'm afraid my devotion in those days was not what it might have been. However, the reincarnation thing, I really came to Christianity through Yogananda. It was in his teachings that I came to realize uh, what a great religion this is. There's a difference between churchianity and Christianity. The teachings of Christ are really the same teachings as those of Krishna, <clears throat> those of any great master that has ever lived. There is one religion in the whole universe, and its name in India is Sanatana Dharma, but that means the eternal religion. And on the most distant planet, on the most distant in the most distant galaxy, there would have to be the religion if it's true. Everything has come from God. Everything must go back to God. This universe is just his dream. And when I, when I lived with Yogananda, I studied the Bible deeply, and I came to be very impressed, and really filled with love for. Jesus and for what he accomplished. So it was the churchianity that had put me off. It was churchianity too, I have to say, that put me off with his followers too, trying to make me rigid this and oh, that's not for me. I believe in freedom of conscience and so on. Anyway, but reincarnation, that was a bit steep in the beginning because I had thought that reincarnation meant that there's no reason to it. I leave this human body, and the next life I may be a spider. I, I thought that has to be nonsense. Well, he explained to me that that isn't what it means. Once you've reached the human level, you go on as a human being. With rare exceptions, if you act in an animalistic way, you may go back for one life and so on. I'm not giving that whole teaching. But whatever you are, you will remain in your next body. So Christianity, however, I was very happy to see that in fact Jesus did not teach against Christianity. 
you know, he said, whom do men say that I am? It's wrong grammar, but anyway, they did. that's the Bible. And say, King James, but whom do men say that I am instead of who do men say that I am? And uh, his disciple, one of his disciples said, well, some say Jeremiah, some say, if that had been wrong, he owed it to them as his guru, as their guru, to correct them. But it was a general teaching then. It was a part of Judaism for a long time, even in the 17th century, or I should say, yes, yeah, 17th century. A Jew said there's no Jew who doesn't believe in it. And Jesus, when he was on the uh, mount, mount, when he was transfigured on the mountain, they saw Elias there. And the disciples say, well, why does, do the scriptures say that Elias should come first? And the Bible goes on to say, Jesus said that Elias has come and they knew him not. And the disciples understood that he spake of John the Baptist. So we see right in the Bible, this teaching of reincarnation was cut out from the Bible uh, in one of the early councils, I think it's 300 and something AD, three centuries after Jesus' birth. Origen, who was the greatest theologian before Augustine, um, Augustine is that the one, yeah, the big greatest one before him, um, he said that he, had, he believed in reincarnation and he had received it from apostolic times. That means disciples of the disciples. Why did the church take out that? Because document? it's inconvenient. They have all these rules. In the next lifetime, you may be born somewhere else. They, they wanted they, their consciousness, and this was the dark age, and they wanted to control everything. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't control what happens to you after death. <laughs> so they wanted to make sure that you who knew that you were the saved or damned. It's just narrow sectarianism. So that happened in 321, I think. Yeah. And in, the they, in fact, the church was in, the Pope was in Constantinople, but he boycotted the, the uh, council. But they anathematized. Anathema um, means willed him death, literally, in Greek. But uh, he became anathematized by the church at that council. But he was a great theologian before then. The Pope at that time. They the Pope said he was there, but he was not at the council. How could they do it without the Pope? I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> not enough of a historian to be able to tell you. But that was uh, what took out the doctrine yes. of reincarnation. It also took out the fact that Jesus went to the, to India. They, you know, there is from the time that Jesus appeared in the temple, at the age of twelve, till the time he appeared as a Messiah, at the age of thirty. There's eighteen years. They've said nothing, and. It's unreasonable that you're talking about your great master and you leave out 18 years out of 33. It's not reasonable. From then on, they could have, at least if they wanted to add something, have said something like, and he grew up and worked in his father's shop, which is 
what people assume. But in fact, he went to India, he went to Egypt, and uh, he went elsewhere. But there are records in India of his having been there. And uh, there are several books on that subject, very interesting. Tell me, what would the purpose of that trip have been? Well, that's an arcane one. You've asked me, so I'll answer. This happened when I had been less than one month with Yogananda. He invited me to a session where he was dictating his lessons. And he said in that session that the three wise men who came to Jesus were Babaji, Lahiri Mahasha, and Sri Yukteswar. Mm. So anyway, they were great masters. They weren't just magicians or magi or whatever. And they had seen the star in the east. You know, the, the star. this is the east of the body. They saw the star, which means five-pointed star, the spiritual eye has a golden exterior ring, blue interior, and then a five-pointed star in the center. This is not a belief, it's something people who have never heard of it say, oh, that's what it is when you tell them. I know that when we had a spiritual eye made in glass down in Murano in Italy, the artisan who was to make it was excited. He said, what is that? I've been seeing it all my life. But this is just really an astral reflection of the Medalla Oblongata. Anyway, that star is this, in mystical terminology, this is the east of the body, this is the west, this is the north, this is the south down below. And uh, they saw this star in the east and followed it eastward but they were in the west, east, and they were coming westward. That should show in itself that uh, it was the star of the east that they were following, not some outward star in the heavens. And they came to him to say that they had seen his star, meant that he came down from the highest level. He was, in other words, an avatar or an incarnation of God. And then he went back to return their visit when he was old enough to do so. So he visited those three gurus yes. in India yes. during those 18 years yes. and learned the teachings of yoga, we can assume? He, yes, he did. In fact, Yogananda said that he practiced Kriya Yoga. He put it, or the technique, very like it well. Anyway, in fact, there's an there's a interesting tradition in Spain that when he died, he, his head finally went like that. That's exactly the movement of the higher initiations of Kriya that you make with a certain mantra. Very interesting, yeah. Swamiji. And do you remember where in India he is supposed to have gone? Well, there's a book in Kashmir which speaks of his coming there. There's a book that was discovered among the Tibetans by Notovich and uh, Abhedananda, a disciple of Ramakrishna, went back there and discovered it also. And it talked of his having been in Orissa, getting into an argument with the narrow-minded Brahmin pundits in the temple at Orissa, the Jagannath temple. And he was for breaking down the restrictions of the caste system. Caste should lift people. It should not suppress people. 
but uh, he was trying always to bring freedom to people's conscience. What do you think he would think of modern Christianity today? I think he would be deplored. In fact, my guru explained that he appeared to Babaji. He said, what are they doing with my religion? He said, they're doing good works, but they've forgotten communion. And so he sent Yogananda to the West to bring the true Christianity back to Westerners. And I found that through Yogananda, I could come to love Jesus and everything that he stood for. He was a great master and truly a, a founder of a true religion. You can't say that all religions are true, but his religion is true.